not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week. Hello, Brain Trust. It is good to be with you again. Especially good because this year is almost over. What year, you ask? I've blocked it out myself. But it's 2020, in the year of our Lord and Savior Tiger King. I mean, what a misguided misadventure this year has been. But we're almost done. That is... The incredibly exciting part. Um, This last week on Earth has been a journey for me, just body pains-wise. My shoulder has been a little weird. I have had trouble raising it above shoulder level. Not John McCain style for being a war hero and surviving torture. No, because I went to a dog park three months ago with... My dog and my girlfriend. I wanted to show off to both of them how well I could throw a tennis ball. So I tried to chuck this thing like 400,000 feet. Farther than a man of my age and lack of body motion should ever attempt to throw a ball. It didn't hurt instantly, but it hurt just after that. And it's been pain since. But just when I reached above... And then I was doing my Glebe Off the Top show the other night. And it's a madness-infused show, grant you that. And I came out, of course, wearing a ridiculous winter coat, like a holiday ugly sweater suit jacket with a lion's mane kind of Chewbacca jacket on top of that and a lion's head covering my face with a face filter because, you know, that's how I do. And I was dancing like crazy and then try to take it off and on all dramatically. And you're damn right, I pulled something worse in my shoulder. Now if I reach forward, back, up, down, left, or right, it hurts excruciatingly. But luckily if I keep it still or reach downward for something, I'm fine. I might have said down a minute ago, but down's good. The other angles, however, not my favorite at the moment. And then I uh, ordered on Social Distancing Social Club on SDSC. We had a comedian on, Mike Paramore, who showed us this cool thing he got from China, this tiny little metal thing like the size of, I don't know, two inches, the size of what two inches is, like a full penis, you know what I mean? And you like extend it out and it becomes this like six foot long rod. And I wanted one. It was too cool. So I ordered it. This tiny little package from China arrives. And I open it, sit in my desk, I open it, and it expands. 
but it like expands too much and gets too loose. So I try to put it back together and it comes apart and it goes flaccid and it gets weird and the metal pieces separate and it cuts my finger and I'm bleeding. And I look at the package, Kaiser Soze moment, and it says China. I'm like, oh my God, I just got cut by an unidentified object from an unknown small province in China. What if I'm the new patient zero for whatever new pandemic is coming? What if I just shipped it into America? What if I'm the China virus that we shouldn't even call it in the first place, but I certainly don't want to be it. I'm still going to play with that toy because I'm stupid, but that's been my last week. How's yours? <laughs> we also have the first episode of SDSC where all four of us are hosts were together in the same room. So that was pretty cool. We enjoyed that. We pulled a good prank on Hofstetter. Um, we got a good episode for you today. It's the year-end episode. We're going to summarize all of this shithole, shitstorm of a year called 2020. But don't worry, I'm going to make sure there's tons of good news interspersed throughout the shit news to make you realize maybe it wasn't quite as bad as it seemed, even though, don't get me wrong, it was very bad. And then, of course, Twitter answers and Thunder Round. But first, some stories from his actual last week, as that's what we try to do. A mayor wouldn't order masks without the Holy Spirit's guidance. He now has COVID. The mayor. Not the Holy Spirit, but probably both. AL.com reported this story. Middle Tennessee mayor, not even Tennessee, but the middle of Tennessee, you're in trouble already. Mayor Bill Newman, who said he wouldn't issue a mask order for his county until guided by the Holy Spirit, got COVID. He is a Christian by faith and said he would only issue such an order if guided so. But now, after the COVID diagnosis, has he at least realized how wrong he was? Oh, no. He feels the same way. What would it take? That's if, if you believe in God as fervently as you do, is that not your sign from God that you at least read his message incorrectly? Can you at least not take that from it? God is telling you you're being a dum-dum? Fauci's even giving up now on trying to convince people to not travel for the holidays. He went on the news programs and literally just said, he didn't say don't travel anymore. He didn't say don't gather in big groups. He said, just tone it down a little. Just tone it down a little bit, okay? Don't be in enormous groups. Don't lick your grandma. Just tone it down. Just tone it down. That's his message now? We're not going to pull that off well either as a nation. Toning it down is not our strong suit. Maybe other more subtle countries, perhaps. Biden got the fact the vaccine publicly. As did Pence. I wasn't looking forward to that and kind of having to see Pence's arm. That white, pasty mess. Did it make anybody feel better about the vaccine? A little. A little it did. So glad we have it. Can't wait for us all to get it. I'm not first in line. I'm kind of not being essential and also like, let's see what the side effects are, but I'm so glad people are first in line. And I'll, I'll get it. Don't get me wrong. I will get it. But thank you for getting it first. You understand? Some good news this week. A statue of Robert E. Lee was removed from the Virginia Capitol Hall. Civil rights figure Barbara Johns is expected to replace him. That is the kind of progress I am talking about, my friends. 
perhaps the best news this last week is Congress finally made a deal for COVID relief. And my God, are we going to be rolling in it? Shit that the government is spraying on us. $600? That's what we're getting? We got 1200 back when the pandemic started? Back in March? A couple months later, we got 1200 And now we've been another eight or nine months since that of the same problem and business not being good for anybody and jobs going away and rents to pay and not having means to pay it and you're cutting it in half you're going hmm the problem's worse half sound good it does not sound good half sounds worse it sounds 50% as good as before which already wasn't that great $600 even Trump thought this was ridiculous paused golfing for five minutes to tweet and make a little speech saying five saying 600 is embarrassingly low we need at least $2,000 instantly their Democrats are like well that's fine We've been pushing for 2000 all along. The Republicans are like, dude, you're going to do this to us right now? We're going to make you're gonna make us give money to people in need? Because you're in this scrambly place between golf rounds. You're trying to at least save some amount of face, do something good for people. But are you really? You're just trying to rabble-rouse. It's rabble-rousing because he's not fighting for it. He didn't make his wishes known during the fight for the bill. That lasted months. Only after they finally made a deal and passed it. Did he threaten to veto if they didn't raise it to 2000 Well, he signed it under the proviso or provision. Proviso is the way you say it if you're an asshole. That they would try to get it to 2000 They would still negotiate that and discuss it. So instantly, the next day, House passed it. $2,000, no problem. Even 40 Republicans voted for it. Went to the Senate, and Devil McConnell shot it down. Not even going to be allowed to vote on it. Why? Why would it harm him? I wasn't like when money goes to my me and my rich corrupt buddies. I don't like when money helps people, you understand? He is Middle Tennessee. At the dead middle of Tennessee is Mitch McConnell. So we're getting probably to 600. That's better than zero. I'll take it. I will cash the check. President Trump this last week. In our last story, before we go into the summary of the of the year, granted uh, full pardons to 26 more people, the Daily Beast reported, including his former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, who always wore pinstripe suits in the news and looked like a gangster out of a Dick Tracy movie. Like you knew the guy was corrupt just by looking at his attire. Longtime associate Roger Stone had already been pardoned. Charles Kushner, the father of Trump's Senior advisor, I don't even like Jared Kushner, of course. I don't even like smoking Kush weed anymore on account of the name Kushner has soiled that syllable for me. The president has been on this Christmas pardon spree. Pardoned a trio of convicted former GOP Congress people and several military contracts involved in the 2007 massacre of innocent Iraqi civilians. He's not pardoning anybody like presidents often do who were in jail for drug offenses and spent their lives wasted away for something that is now legal or people where the evidence is scanned about whether they were guilty or not and there's conflicting evidence and uses power for that kind of benevolent good reason. No, always pure, sheer self-interest with Donald Trump. And this is not, again, a partisan thing. 
Bill Clinton pardoned Seth Rich, a real asshole, too. Doesn't make it okay. And this is, of course, next-level Trump style, like laying it on thick to how badly and how much he pardons and how directly the assholes helped him only. Or, of course, killed random people. Something else that Trump appreciates. After years of attacking but unable to stop the Mueller investigation, Trump's finally getting his revenge. Using that clemency power to reward his allies. People either pled guilty or were convicted by a jury. Manafort is the fifth person who faced charges as a result of Mueller's investigation to get pardoned by Trump. The president on Tuesday pardoned former campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos, who also, of course, was Webster's father from the television show Webster. And lawyer Alex Vanderswan, who we also know killed that nice woman in Bermuda. That might have been a different Vanderswan and different Papadopoulos, to be honest with you, but these names are absurd, and I think you know they connote evil. And of course, weeks ago he pardoned Michael Flynn, his former national security advisor, who pled guilty to lying to the FBI about sharing things with Russia that he shouldn't be sharing. There's no line anymore in our country. Stone was actually commuted over the summer. That was his early foray into it. Well, the guy's got a tattoo of Nixon, a.k.a. Trump, on his back. Same person, basically. Just Trump is, you know, 2.0. But he gave him a full pardon now after his commuted sentence. I mean, it's wild. He's pardoned all these obviously corrupt people. Pardoned a, uh, the wife of a former U.S. rep, uh, Duncan Hunter, who was pardoned by Trump because, of course, they were arrested in 2018 after federal prosecutors accused them of spending more than $250,000 in campaign funds on family vacations, theater tickets, and meals. Money that you donated. Hard-earned money. There's your president for you. We love him more for it. He pardons people that steal from us. It's getting harder to make the cognitive dissonance stick, but we're trying. Wild, man. But so was this year. So shall we dive into it? I read lots of sources to compile this summary for you. PBS NewsHour, Reader's Digest, Daily Beast, others. And again, this will have good news mixed in with the bad news. Little sprinkles of it. I mean, I had to do a lot of research to find anything good, but by golly, there was some. Starting with this, in January, a high school student discovered a new planet only a few days into 2020. News broke that NASA had identified a new planet. And it was a 17-year-old high school student on his third day of his internship. Looking into a telescope, he found it. It's named TOI-1338B because children, you know, don't name stuff good. It's six point, children, 17, could run the country at this point. It's 6.9 times larger than Earth, orbits two stars instead of one every 95 days, and it's only 1,300 light years away. It's a stone's throw. It's a tennis ball's throw away. Ow, my shoulder hurts even thinking that. People were very excited who are Star Wars fans because, obviously, Tatooine has double sunsets as well. 
and this planet does, so that's pretty darn cool. But then things took a turn. Megxit happened. You're damn right, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry left the royal family. This is the Sharknado of royal family decisions. Just a real shitstorm, you know what I mean? A real tornado of shit going not correctly. Back in January, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, and her and her boy Harry announced they were giving up their titles and working to become financially independent from the royal family. Moved to California. I'm sure it's going to be a real challenge for them. Almost instantly signing a multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. But nice to get one of those, wouldn't it? Instead, idiot test I just found out a week ago is no longer on Netflix. Instead of buying the next 20 episodes or licensing them, they opted out of even keeping it. They only had it for a certain amount of time. That's a bummer. Side good news is that not only is it now still on Game Show Network, but it's on Pluto TV. I didn't know what that was either, don't worry. But Pluto TV is an app you can add on for free to watch for free on your Apple TV or Roku or Chromecast or whatever. And you get all these channels and programs for free on demand. And they have all of season one of Idiot has 41 episodes, not just the 20 episodes that Netflix had. So if you watch those, you got 21 new episodes coming right out your eyes. I hope things work out for Harry and Megan. I really do. Jury's out. If you're a jury made of idiots. Obviously, there was a true tragedy. Kobe Bryant passing away with his daughter suddenly in a helicopter crash. Not a good omen for this year. I mean, and somehow things just got, you know, progressively worse from there. In the last day of 2019, Chinese officials reported a cluster of unexplained pneumonia cases. And guess what that ended up being? Anybody have a wild guess on that? My Lord. My Lord. It all unfolded. There was an attack and protest at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad in response to U.S. airstrikes against Iran-backed militia Kataib Hezbollah. Days later, we, of course, killed General Qasem Soleimani, the head of Iran's elite, elite Quds force. And the force doesn't sound very intimidating when they're named Quds. They seem like there's a couple of chill Quds, you know what I mean? What up, Kud? But they are more intense than that. Then Iran attacked two military bases of, of ours housing U.S. troops in Iraq. Many of our troops end up having brain damage that Trump, of course, just called headaches, undermining anything serious that would cause many sort of responsibility for something bad happening. And then in late January, the first known U.S. cases of COVID were diagnosed. Pandemic officially started as campaign 2020 was really getting underway, a solid month after mine ended, the Iowa caucuses, I spent so much time in Iowa, they were touting so excitedly. I met with the leaders of the Iowa Democratic Party. They were like, we got this great new phone app where you can vote and caucus from your phone. Well, that was a shit show. Delayed the results for days. And seemingly gave Trump an idea. Hmm, Voting in advance or in different ways than normal, could be said to be a problem, and I could ruin the country that way. Ding, ding, ding. Bernie Sanders ended up winning the popular vote in Iowa, but Mayor Pete won the most delegates winning the Iowa caucus. First time an openly gay man ever won a state. 
in a presidential campaign. Pretty cool. Trump then was impeached with a potential bit of saving grace from this madness we are stuck in for so long. But then, of course, he was acquitted in the Senate, 52 to 48 direct party lines, except for Mitt Romney, who voted for his removal from office. He was, of course, impeached and then put on quote-unquote trial, because it was not a real trial, for withholding aid from Ukraine while demanding an investigation into Hunter Biden, Joe's son, president-elect, by the way, if you haven't heard. Quick reminder that the Senate did not hear any evidence or witnesses, just a bunch of speeches from both sides and from their lawyers, making up a bunch of bullshit, possible excuses for his behavior. I don't know if you're familiar with trials at all, but evidence and witnesses both are very key to them being at all functional or real or legitimate. In February, we did have a bit of good news. We signed a peace deal with the Taliban after 18 years of war, meaning we finally got to get our troops out of there. They're still there, but we'll get them out at some point in the distant future, probably. March 13th, very sadly, Breonna Taylor was shot and killed by three plainclothes officers with a no-knock warrant for the wrong house. They are still not arrested, those officers. At least now it looks as though two of them will be fired. How about don't have no-knock warrants? You should at least be safe in your own home. How about... If you're going to have no-knock warrants, don't allow it to be plain-clothes police officers so when they come in, you don't believe they're police officers. How about let's fix systemic racism in this country? How's that for an idea? Hmm? Our major stock market indices dropped more than 10%, and the Dow Jones Industrial Index experienced the biggest single-day drop in history due to the pandemic. And then a day later, we had the single biggest one-day increase in 11 years. Stock market's a real bipolar bitch, ain't it? Up and down. It's a real bastard. Millions and millions of people began filing for unemployment, the rate reaching 14.7%. Highest since 1932. And disproportionately affecting black and Hispanic Americans and women. So, you know, we weren't going to do much to fix that. Those are the groups that always get affected by stuff. So what's new there, you understand? Separately, I'm trying to understand why the table that I have my whole setup on is shaking. When I shake, it shouldn't be shaking on account of it's not connected to my chair at all. Maybe I'm shaking the floor too much. That wasn't really part of the year summary. It's just a personal thing I'm going through. But there was more good news, Tiger King. America became obsessed with Tiger King. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Probably yes. Was Tiger King a super weird guy that was married to a million different dudes and said he loved them but then really was like, really wanted to be this like Tiger player? Yes, that's true as well. Did he really wish he was that other more successful Tiger guy who was also kind of creepy? Doc Ansel or whatever it was. Incel? I think it was incel. Yeah, I think that's true too. But we got over the king, who is still in jail, by the way, unless Trump pardons him, which is very likely at this point. 
In April of this crazy year, the Pentagon released three videos of UFOs. I didn't even realize that. I don't even, I never even heard that story is how crazy this year was. We were in the midst of trying to get our grips on a pandemic where groceries could kill you. Wiping down everything. Remember that? Wiping down every single item you'd get at your doors with Clorox wipes, every surface of your food. Then wiping your fruit down and realizing that's actually super unhealthy. Then rinsing that off real good and, you know, being nervous biting into a pear. Which, let's be honest, you usually buy pears and don't ever eat them and they go bad anyway. But now it seems sadder. So I was even unaware that the Pentagon released three videos of UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Two of the videos had been making the rounds on the internet since 2017, the other since 2007. But up until the Pentagon issuing this statement, confirming they were all three indeed real, people weren't sure if these were authentic or not. Now we know they're legitimate Navy videos. We don't know what they show, of course. UFO doesn't mean alien. It means it's unidentified. We don't know what the fuck it is. But that's cool. We officially have UFOs that the government has officially identified. Let's not forget that wonderful part of this year. We might have aliens that will take us away from this madness. Doesn't that sound nice? A British war veteran, Captain Tom Moore, 99-year-old man, raised more than $22 million, or 12 million pounds, not boding well for our dollar standing in the world, for the National Health Institute by walking back and forth in his yard just months after a hip surgery. In total, more than 900,000 people donated, bringing record traffic to the website that was collecting the money. They had to ask donors to bear with them as they processed donations. Proving there's good still in the world. You just have to dig through a lot of assholes to get there. I didn't mean to say digging through assholes. It's not the phraseology I prefer. But it happened. Very tragically, of course, on May 25th, George Floyd was killed. Such a tragic moment in world history, in our American system that allows this. I had a knee put on his neck by a racist police officer, Derek Chauvin, who kept a knee on his neck for nearly nine minutes. Killed the guy. Well, at least we can take to the streets still in this country in the next day. May 26th in Minneapolis, protests began, followed by the rest of the country, followed by the entire planet Earth standing against that bullshit. Those protests continued for many months, if you remember. It was a really beautiful thing. In the midst of the air being dangerous, it did not stop people from protesting what is wrong and standing for what is right and what the world needs to become. May 28th, even as the U.S. passed 100,000 deaths from this terrible Pandemic that our president did nothing to stop except saying, I stopped travel from China back in February. You did one thing, and you still let people in from China that had it, by the way, without making them quarantine or anything. U.S. citizens that had it, you didn't quarantine them, you didn't have any plan to stop it. But it's easy for you to do like quick xenophobic racist stuff, so just blocking countries that look different than us, easy for you to do. That's literally all he did, and all he touts that he did. And of course, the deaths disproportionately, excuse me, affecting the elderly, followed by black and Hispanic Americans. But there was good news. We came together in very cool ways. Alcohol distilleries used their machines to make hand sanitizer. 
course, the bad news inherent in that is less alcohol being made. But there was still enough. Don't act like you weren't drinking during this pandemic a little bit. You were. The fashion industry even switched to making PPE instead of whatever bullshit they were making. People around the world sewing masks and equipment for people who needed it. We found out about a terrible winged creature called murder hornets that had been spotted in the United States, technically referred to as Asian giant hornets, or as Trump refers to them, China hornets, okay? They're China hornets, we all know. New York Times reported the insects can use mandibles shaped like spiked shark fins to wipe out a honey beehive in a matter of hours and can attack people. But as a planet, we were all like, hell no. We don't have room for murder hornets right now. I think we just willed them away. Never became a real problem. Hopefully they stay that way. June 1st, halfway through the year almost, President Trump gassed his own people, the American people, us, a.k.a., and cleared them with force so he could take a picture in front of a church with an upside-down Bible. With force, beat Americans and used tear gas on them for a photo opportunity to show how strong he is in in quite possibly the weakest move you could ever make as a pussy-ass bitch president such as Donald, Julia, Jr., child Trump. I mean, fuck that guy so hard. Only don't. You know what I mean? June 5th, the ray of hope, Biden clinched the Democratic nomination. I still won't concede my campaign, but we'll see how it shakes down. The NBA in the same time frame went into a bubble, living basically in Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Not allowed to leave, but it worked. No one got COVID. They played the games. They had fake fans in the stands, virtual people. We had an NBA season. And the Lakers won that shit in honor of Kobe Bryant. In honor of me growing up in this town and waiting a long time for them to win again. And the Dodgers won as well. I've been waiting 32 years for that one. An L.A. boy finally got to see the Dodgers win again. Since 1988, when Kirk Gibson had that classic, amazing, bottom of the ninth injured home run in game one. And we, and we didn't do shit then for many decades after that. Making my dad and I sad. Well, we fixed it. Sure, it was a short bullshit season with no fans in the stands, but we did it anyway. That's all that matters. June 12th, Atlanta police sadly shoot and kill Rayshard Brooks. Protests for racial justice, though, rise globally. No keeping people down when injustice keeps happening. Millions protesting, mostly peacefully, despite how Fox News and the president wanted to portray it. June 15th, the Supreme Court rules that job discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or transgender identity is illegal. That was good news. That's the Supreme Court, conservative-leading Supreme Court, even pre-Amy Coney Barrett. On my birthday, June 18th, the Supreme Court rejected Donald Trump's efforts to end legal protections for the 650,000 immigrants who came here as children, a.k.a. Dreamers, a.k.a. Fuck you, Trump. He gets some of his bullshit through, but not all of it. After months of protests in Hong Kong over a new Chinese national security law over the territory of Hong Kong, went into effect, essentially and sadly, dealing a huge loss for freedom in that territory. Hong Kong was previously very autonomous. 
It was one nation, two policies. They got to have a lot more freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. And now a lot of that is gone, sadly. The new law criminalizing subversive activity in Hong Kong can punish you with up to life in prison. So, step backwards for world freedom there. We're in July now. Truly halfway through the year, a massive star went missing. Scientists discovered that a giant star had seemingly disappeared. They think it may have collapsed into a black hole instead of exploding as a supernova as it typically would. Quote, if true, this would be the first direct detection of such a monster star ending its life in this manner. Even stars were killing themselves in 2020. That's how weird this year was. That was a quote from Andrew Allen, except the part that I made up. He's a PhD student at Trinity College, Dublin, Ireland. And lead author of the paper published on this finding. Speaking to Forbes. This is significant because it's still unclear how exactly stars of this size die. Now we know. During 2020, they just end shit. And please, if you're a star or a person out there, know that there are help. There is help. You're loved. We love gazing at you, stars, so don't go nowhere. Call somebody. Call the Suicide Protection Hotline, okay? July 17th, icon of the civil rights movement, John Lewis, died at age 80. A man who was one of the great civil rights leaders of our time. Known perhaps best for leading the protest across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Alabama, where he was beaten nearly to death and still continued to fight his whole life. It's amazing people stand up for shit, isn't it? In the face of true adversity. Nightly protests continued in our country. In an effort to stop the unrest, President Trump, of course, sent federal police to Portland, Oregon, in unmarked cars, of course. Illegal and against the wishes of local leaders who claimed it made things worse. They were throwing U.S. citizens into unmarked vehicles, messing with them, then releasing them. How American. I mean, this kind of news makes you want to scream, doesn't it? Luckily, in 2020, you could. In Iceland, at least. And more good news, and very interesting news. Through the country's Let It Out program, anybody can record their best blood-curling scream on their phone, tablet, or laptop. And have it played on a loudspeaker somewhere in Icelandic nature. I mean, this is Bjork's dream business. She's got to be behind this, right? She's an early backer. It's free and easy to participate in this ongoing program. And you can still do it. You can let your screen loose from a picturesque mountaintop or waterfall. I want in. Don't go chasing waterfalls, but you can go screaming them virtually. There's also a feature on the website that allows you to listen to other people's screams. In case that makes you feel better. Don't worry, I've got that in my dreams all year long so that's fine i'm good there but in more good news the washington redskins agreed to finally change their racially insensitive name and logo that's good stuff i've never understood why for so long they didn't change their names and they have american groups always protesting offensive names like the redskins the braves the comanches the apaches but never had a problem with people outside the stadium who illegally sell you tickets calling themselves scalpers. I feel like that name should change too, don't you think? August 4th, an insane-to-see video of massive explosions sh- shattered much of Beirut, Lebanon's port, killing more than 200 people, very sadly. Due to 2,500 tons of improperly stored ammonium nitrate just exploding randomly. 
Lebanon was already dealing with a lot of craziness, bad situations in our country economically as well as the pandemic. And the big lesson here is when you've got thousands of tons of ammonium nitrate, either store it properly or if you're going to store it improperly, don't let it explode. August 9th, President of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, won re-election in a supposed landslide. But of course it was bullshit. He'd been in power for 26 years. And still is. So the protest begins in August, in Minsk, that very day, calling the election fraudulent, demanding Europe's last dictator step down after a multi-decade reign. While Biden, running for the American presidency against wannabe dictator Donald Trump, ran nearly his whole campaign from a basement, while Trump, refusing to wear a mask, held enormous rallies full of other dum-dums who wouldn't follow basic science and wear a mask and all becoming super spreader events that absolutely made this pandemic far, far worse and killed so many of us. Yay! August 11th, Joe Biden selects Kamala Harris as his running mate, the first black woman to compete on a major party's presidential ticket. Progress. Good news. Good parts of 2020. Do you see? Are you feeling a little bit better about the year amidst the, the crazy shit? August 13th, Israel and the United Arab Emirates, or UAE, if you nasty, announced a deal to open diplomatic ties in agreement, an agreement brokered by the Trump administration. A good thing Trump and his people did. And the deal temporarily stopping the Israeli annexation of the West Bank. Further annexation of more land, at least. The Democratic Convention in August went all virtual except for an in-person, distanced, drive-in conclusion. On August 23rd, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, very sadly, Jacob Blake was shot and paralyzed from the waist down by police as he was going back to his car with his back turned to them, which is not a dangerous position, by the way. Renewing protests against racism and police violence nationwide. And then August 27th, Trump accepts the nomination from the Republican Convention with a speech, of course, in front of hundreds of unmasked people on the White House front lawn, not following any distancing guidelines at all, when he's the president, a.k.a. leader. And, of course, turning itself into very likely a super spreader event. September 18th, in a year that kept piling on, like your aunt that won't stop complaining, more bad news did roll in. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, the notorious RBG, very sadly passed away. She was the second female Supreme Court justice ever. Fought cancer for decades, eventually succumbing to it. But a landmark woman's rights advocate. And death became the first woman ever to lie in state at the U.S. Capitol. A bit of progress and quite a legacy leave, left behind that Trump immediately filled. With Amy Coney Barrett. A woman who seems like she wants to reverse Roe v. Wade take away abortion rights and the right to choose for women around the country, but we'll see. Hopefully not. And of course, proving again the utter hypocrisy of all Republicans in power in this country. Lindsey Graham, for example, said, I, I will not. If vote, once voting started in 2020 and if a Supreme Court spot opened up, I would not fill it. You could hold these words against me. Oh, it happened though? Okay, I'm in. I mean, that's wet graham cracker. Everybody knows you you slightly wet a graham cracker, it's ruined. 
What happened to him a long time ago? I think we all know that. He's a wet, wet graham cracker. No amount of marshmallow or chocolate or fire could improve the situation. Well, maybe fire. Warm him up a little bit. September 21st, the COVID death toll passed 200,000 people, sadly. And on the 29th, it passed 1 million people globally. Trump got it on October 2. Of course, matter of time till that happened. Then with a slew of drugs to squash it, including a key treatment that uses the stem cells of embryos. An impossible science, by the way, if you are anti-choice. Like Republicans and Trump are. Hypocritical much? Of course, constantly hypocritical. But got him out of the hospital after about three days. Who's hospitalized for three days? Just as a reminder, he also went on like fun little joy rides to show himself off to the neighborhood. In medium news, a court ruled Subway bread isn't bread. Apparently the bread is not technically bread according to an Ireland court, Ireland Supreme Court actually. On October 1st, the court ruled that all of the roll options available at Subways in Ireland are technically not bread because they have 10% sugar. That's too high to be bread. A Subway spokesperson for the chain issued a statement clarifying Subway's bread is, of course, bread. Way to thank you for bringing that science to us. 10% sugar. It's, it's bread, as I'd like to clarify. Is it, though? Luckily for everybody, their meat remains not meat. So you don't have to worry about ingesting meat. You know, if you're vegetarian, you can probably go ahead and dive into their roast beef over there. California wildfires burned over 4 million acres. I know there were 4 million acres in California of just land. Five of the six largest fires by acreage in state history took place this year. Fueled by climate change, drying out the forest, or as Trump thinks, just some guy not raking his leaves. Leaves. Please leave his office as soon as possible, Trump. Protests continue in Belarus against Lukashenko. Over 30,000 protesters are being arrested during the three months of protest. Also in October, Amy Coney Barrett confirmed quickly by a completely hypocritical Senate. And of course, by the way, her announcement celebration in the Rose Garden a super spreader event, like approved one. That led to Chris Christie getting it, Kellyanne Conway getting it, a lot of Trump's people getting it, and two Republican senators who were on the Judicial Committee giving a brief glimpse of hope that maybe they wouldn't be well enough in time to hold hearings and then a vote on Coney Barrett. But by golly, the devil came through with them. And they were fine, and the vote happened, and now she's in there. But at least so far, in another silver lining, the Supreme Court is not proving to be too ideological, even though it's now 6-3 conservative. They're making some decisions against Trump. Also in great news, in October, a puppy was born with green fur. So we have that. Maybe we can all pass him around for the next year. An Italian farmer's dog gave birth to a litter of five puppies, including one that had green fur, for real. It appears as though the white puppy named Pistachio came in contact with something called bilverdin, a green pigment in its mother's womb. Coming out green. White, but also very green. 
they think it'll eventually fade as it grows up, but not during 2021, so we'll be good. We'll still have this green puppy to pass around. November 3rd was Election Day. That was a great news day. I mean, not initially, of course, because this is this year. So it looked like Trump was going to win. We all went to bad, bed depressed that night. 100 million votes were cast early, but still, it was not looking good. But somehow this peace came over me as I went to bed, and I was like, I feel okay. I'm not going to let Trump control my life anymore. We can't do it anymore. And this is a shit show, of course, because that's how this year is going. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to feel good about it. And I woke up, and the tide had turned. Biden had won Wisconsin by a razor-thin margin. I helped to make that happen. You helped to make that happen. 20,000 votes. So glad I helped raise $540,000 for the Democratic Party with some friends of mine, some comedian friends of mine. and Pretty darn cool. I just got a thank you text from the head of the Iowa, uh, the Wisconsin Democratic Party for the work we did with that event, saying it was so close, any of these events could have really pushed over the edge. And it feels incredible that I could have had maybe some impact on changing the course of history, which is the whole reason I ran in the first place. I think I already mentioned this on the podcast. I'm not positive, but maybe it bears repeating. I'm proud of it at least. Of course, immediately Trump starts claiming election fraud. Immediately. Trump came out that night and said that we won, even though he didn't know he won. Protests break out on Trump's side because apparently people don't understand what early voting means because the president, president is an idiotic instigator against our very democracy. Some protesters demanding a halting of vote counts, others demanding all votes are counted and recounted on all, all over the map on that position. But after four days of counting, Biden's officially declared the winner, at least in the first of many steps, to officially, officially make him the winner. An overly complicated process needs to be redone. Thanks, Founding Fathers. But you overdid this one, and you kind of messed up the works. But we are around the corner from Kamala Harris to be the first woman, first black person, and first person of South Asian descent to be vice president of the United States of America. People literally poured into the streets to dance when Biden was declared victor. And I suggest we dance again on January 20th. Trump still refusing to concede. It's been almost two months since the election. Claiming he won by a lot, I won by a lot, based on nothing, but I won by a lot. Okay, we all know it, as long, except people who know stuff. If you know stuff, you know I didn't win. But if you don't know stuff, you know that I won by a lot. November 10th, after six weeks of fighting between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Between Armenia and Azerbaijan of the contested region of Nagorno-Karabakh, Russia brokered an armistice ending the war. Nagorno-Karabakh is a breakaway region of ethnic Armenians and it was handed over to Azerbaijani control, unfortunately. So that's something that still needs to be fixed. Confederate statues, though, came down. And Mississippi, of all places, removed the Confederate flag from their state flag. More progress, more good news in 2020. Of course, Trump is super against taking down these statues, super against getting rid of the Confederate flag, and even against changing military bases' names that have Confederate generals as their names. They've been named that for so long, it would be very hard to change the stationery, okay? But despite assholes in charge... 
Progress can still happen. More good news in 2020. December 11th, more good news. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved emergency use of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. We haven't gotten it yet, but we'll get it. December 14, very sadly, the death toll passes 300,000 Americans. On the same very day that we begin to receive the vaccine. And on the same day, the Electoral College formally voted solidifying Biden's victory, giving us a way out of this fucking mess. The vote comes with Trump, of course, still refusing to concede and seen golfing that very day. One of many days golfing while making these allegations and trying to create basically a civil war in our country based on literally just being a sore loser. Even his corrupt Attorney General William Barr grew some balls. It's the man that helped to prove him gassing our own people said there's no evidence of widespread fraud, but Trump's like, well, then you're out. And now Barr is stepping down. And the person replacing him might also have to step down because Trump wants a special counsel now of Hunter Biden and no one wants to do it because there's no evidence that proves Hunter Biden did anything wrong. Evidence seems to be a thing people need to appoint special counsels. It's a weird quirk we've got in our country still. The U.S. Supreme Court then decides that Trump unfortunately can exclude undocumented immigrants from the census for the first time ever, which will give less funding to neighborhoods that have become safe havens or just places of refuge for people who have come here against our laws seeking a better life. But more good news, in London, a black man named Patrick Hutchinson saw a white supremacist asshole, counter-protester in danger, being attacked, and he and his friends, all African-American friends, rescued the guy, carried him over his shoulder, showing again that even in the face of people that want to see your undoing, you can have humanity shine through. I wouldn't have done that. I would have beat the shit out of that white supremacist guy. But they were better people than me. December 16th, Pete Buttigieg nominated by Biden to run the Department of Transportation, making him the first openly gay cabinet secretary in U.S. history, if confirmed. Then the next day, Biden picked U.S. Representative Deb Holland to be the Interior Secretary, making her the first Native American cabinet secretary ever. We never had one of those before? People whose land this is? Well, progress is happening, at least. Then December 18th, the very next day, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved emergency use of a second COVID vaccine made by Moderna. This one doesn't have to be as cold. That's nice. I like an ice-cold vaccine personally, so I'm going to go Pfizer. But you might like your vaccine room temp. You do you. Of course, Russia hacked many of our companies, including many of our government agencies, putting malware into all of our systems and accessing untold amounts of data that Trump did nothing to stop, hasn't spoken about in any significant way, and of course probably helped enable. But we can't focus on it. Our bandwidth has disappeared in this shit show of a year. Sadly, of course, the other day on December 25th, Christmas Day, an explosion hit a downtown part of Nashville by an RV with a suicide bomber announcing in advance the explosion would go off within 15 minutes. Perhaps in an effort it's looking like to destroy 5G wireless infrastructure. It was outside of an AT&T building. Another attack, if so, motivated by false conspiracy theories. Thank you, morons. 
Thank you, total fucking morons. But thankfully, in seriousness, no innocent people were killed. And we now have one less evil moron, so that's a positive. If you can find one in this crazy mess. I guess overall, the best news this year is that it is almost fucking over. There's no better way to end a year like this than that. And on that note, I think it is time to check in with the Brain Trust, the Glebe Squad, the Mad Ones, the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Friends with Benefits, the Big Glebers and all of us. It is time for Twitter Answers. I asked the Brain Trust, what have been your COVID silver linings? Pear Bear at PearBear91 said, I enjoy the social distancing. Wearing a mask and the new emphasis on sanitation. I have OCD and now I don't have to explain to people why I prefer not to be touched, why I'm always cleaning everything. Total silver lining. Love that. You know, nobody looks at it from the perspective of people who don't, who'd already do these things in the first place. David Way, he said, I haven't lost any money in Vegas this year. That's a great way to look at shit. I haven't spent a ton of money on alcohol at bars or food out or on personal hygiene products. Have I shared too much? Matthew Corey, our old friend, Roller Dog NC, getting to spend more time with my two kids, he says, since I'm working from home and they are remote learning for school. In a few years when they have moved out, I'll know I'll look back on this extra time with them and be grateful. Absolutely you will. I assume they're also driving you batshit crazy, but you'll look back on it and it'll be nice. Ziggy Z3, Z3PO on Twitter. It gave me the time to start working on some of my creative projects and really think about the steps I need to take in my career. Being in a position where I still need to come in for work made me feel vulnerable, made me want to pursue success aggressively. Interesting, it's even in a job that they're making you go to. It made you realize you got to get the fuck out. I love that. Taking motivation from scary situations to change it up. Jennifer's story at Jen's New Year says my job changed radically, but it sharpened my skills and added to my sense that I'm doing what I'm meant to do while serving a higher purpose. How you like that during 2020? Renee Wenzel at Drifty Allison Zero says that I was able to watch your work and become a fan. Thank you, Renee. That is so sweet of you. And you're always attending my virtual shows at Nowhere. And my VIP meet and greets afterwards. I just appreciate the support so much. At Will Verasikin said, I got to spend the entire quarantine with my partner when I normally don't get a lot of time to spend with him. That's amazing. Makes me want to give a shout out to my partner, Carmel, who moved in to my place about seven or eight months before the pandemic started. But I was on the road so much with the campaign and then with stand-up that we didn't spend that much time back-to-back together. We've now been for over 10 months, quarantined in one home together, and it's been amazing. We get closer and closer, and as problems arise, we find out ways to tackle them and communicate better. And I couldn't imagine being quarantined without her, going through this without the love of my life being there with me, and of course, Henry Horse, the other love of my life. And of course, it must be so much more difficult if you didn't have somebody with you this whole time. And if you don't, and I feel for you, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry Steve Hofstetter has been quarantined alone and is not getting laid at all during this whole time. That's got to be very tough. Not that I'm getting laid that much 
living with a human woman, but still. It's been amazing. Having Carmel by my side has made this not only tolerable, but in some ways a truly unique and lovely year. I understand it's not that for everybody, but it's important to find the positive parts and to appreciate the positive things that you can appreciate. Some people met during this time and have fallen in love. Deanie McQueen writes, I met the man that I'm going to marry through SDSC, my live streaming show, which wouldn't have existed without the pandemic. He's moving here and we're planning our future together. It's just everything wonderful that could have come out of this. How amazing. That man is Jeremy Day, who wrote at, at JDay81683, said, Deanie McQueen said it all. I have found the love of my life, the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. Thank you, Ben Glebe, for putting SDSC together with Steve Hofstetter and Bowers Comedy. I mean, you're welcome, first of all. I love it so much. I love seeing your guys' relationship blossom. And all the more reason to check out the Social Distancing Social Club. Live and free, four days a week. SDSCshow.com or on my socials. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific and Saturdays at noon Pacific. You do the math for other time zones. And for 10 bucks, you can be in our video front row and join us and be part of the show. You laugh with us. You play the pun game at the end. Jeremy Day himself is known as the Punisher because his pun skills are second to one only. The Punderful Wizard of Ha-Ha's. That's me, by the way. FYI. So you might meet somebody if you come hang out at our shows at Nowhere Comedy and at SDSC. Kayla Gibson writes that I made it, that, that you, as in me, so touching, Kayla, made it possible for people to attend comedy shows by creating Nowhere Comedy Club. I miss in-person shows, but the virtual shows definitely help to keep shows going while we wait for in-person to return. And people having to stay six feet away from me is a plus. I hear that. A pretty amazing thing is that um, just how this industry has been kind of reinvented by some of the things that we and others have been able to do. In fact, the Interobang, a pretty well-respected industry insider um, publication, just put out a story of the 12 innovators who changed comedy in 2020. And Hofstetter and I and Nowhere Comedy are number three on that list. So that was an insane honor, and thank you, Interrobang, for that. And uh, I hope you check it out. If you guys haven't yet listening to this, go to NowhereComedyClub.com. Get a ticket to an upcoming show. And we do have a financial hardship plan where if if um, you can't afford a ticket, you're able to email us. Let me tell you the email address to reach out to. And you can, um, yeah, you email fund at NowhereComedyClub.com and some generous people have purchased tickets for those who can't afford them. So you can still get a free ticket to a show if you, and of course, if you're a frontline healthcare worker, you can also get a ticket to a show that way um, for free by going to nowherecomedyclub.com and clicking on free tickets for healthcare workers on the top. And you send us a picture of your ID and you get a free ticket as well. But, or if you can afford it, you can buy one and support the artists that are doing shows here and support us. That would be amazing. Um, Courtney at my name is me 91 went a little bit more in depth about this exact issue or topic rather says my silver lining has been seeing the adoption of more accessible options from working at home 
to doctor's appointments via video calls and everything in between, like nowhere. As someone with multiple disabilities, including agoraphobia, most disabled people know, knew these options existed, but they were not being implemented for whatever reasons. As soon as the world had to accommodate the mass number of people now needing this technology, it was like a world that we knew existed suddenly opened up for us. Hopefully these new accommodations will continue to exist moving forward, and we could end up with a more equal opportunity world than ever before. Accessibility is so important, and for people like me, many experiences had during COVID would have had a slim to nil chance of happening without it, like comedy shows or movie openings. Well, I can promise you the comedy show part of it is going nowhere. Literally. I'm so glad to hear that this has had an impact on you. And it's one of the things we didn't anticipate. We didn't know that. It, it didn't even, we weren't cognizantly aware that it existed, this niche of people. Not even a niche, it's a huge community that can't make it out to shows for a variety of reasons, disability, social anxiety, financial reasons, geographical reasons. We're able to help solve that. It's one of the honors of my life. At Music is a Rainbow said, getting to listen to the adorable kindergartners in my daughter's class on Zoom. They tell the teacher they love her, share random thoughts, and my daughter tried to mute the other kids. Yeah, you never would be able to listen in on, on your daughter's class before. It's to see what her life is like in some weird way. Of course, they're not learning anything, and it's a total waste of time, but it's cute. You get to hear stuff. Jen Saunderson, great comedian says, being pregnant right now and knowing that random people can't just touch my stomach. That's a good silver lining, Jen. Jen's, of course, also hosting my New Year's Eve show with Greg Proops, Greg and Glebe. It's a New Year's Eve thing. And you can touch your stomach during that show. It's virtual, but you can try. You got our permission collectively, considering it's impossible. But you could try. Reach out, smash your screen, do whatever you kind of do. Bump your knuckles up on that web camera, whatever it takes. It's going to be an amazing show, by the way. Proops and I will be doing improv games. There will be surprises, drinking games. We'll play with you. A midnight toast for all people on the East Coast and West Coasters. You can do the show. And when we're done, still have time for dinner and hours left to ring in the new year on the West Coast. But ring it in with us, East Coast style. And after the show, Greg and I are doing a VIP cocktail hour where we'll teach you how to make our favorite cocktails. We're going to go like specific on it. The ingredients are emailed to you when you buy the ticket. And we'll, of course, answer all of your questions. It's a real intimate, fun hang at these VIPs. And that night will be especially bonkers. You'll see us probably a little bit sloshed and a little bit high on the marijuanas. And if you use the promo code BRAINTRUST, you get a discount to any of these tiers of tickets. Oh, and one last... Uh, two last plugs there as well. Uh, on January 9th, my next Gleeb Off the Top show, Gleeb Off the Top crowd work and improvised madness. Just had Adam Ray, the special guest, and Jamie Kennedy, and the guests are getting crazier and better. But we're doing a weekly show regardless of the guests or not, and it is so much fun. A real community sprung up. We are the mad ones. We elect a new mayor every week. Our current mayor is Jan Skittles Johnson. What up, Skittles? And Lettuce Party is the vibe extravaganza as in prepared and advanced. And this will all make sense to you if you come to the show. And it's just a great chance to not, in a world trying to keep us in line, as I like to say, we have to keep some madness. Otherwise, they win. And so I love the loose, crazy nature of this show. 
and a fan group just sprung up for this called Ben Glebe's Mad Ones Town Council of Elders and Youngers. You can join on Facebook, as did a Glebe Squad page. And please, if you can, after all the years of free content, if you can afford it, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash benglebe, where you can get free tickets to my shows, depending on the tier. You can get access to recordings of the shows after, so you can watch them again or see ones you missed. Access to the VIPs, private VIP hang sessions with the Patreons only. You can get letters from me, handwritten. I just wrote a bunch of them. Drawings from me, drawings on, on a hat or on a canvas. You can get an exclusive Brain Trust Glebe Squad membership card being shipped out soon. You get all kinds of behind-the-scenes perks. You get my eggnog shows. I used to do my crazy drunken eggnog show. I just took them off the internet years ago, posted one on Patreon. Give me a bunch of behind-the-scenes bonus things you can't see anywhere else. Please check it out, patreon.com slash benglebe if you can. And New Year's, by the way, already selling crazy amounts of tickets. If you can, please get a ticket at nowherecomedyclub.com and join us. But to either of my shows I just mentioned at Nowhere, Brain Trust is the promo code. Back to a last few silver linings from these Twitter answers. At Age of Hypocrisy, Trump lost. That is absolutely the best silver lining of 2020. And Trump will realize it at some point. At Laser Powered said the McRib is back? Okay, go fuck yourself. With all respect, Joseph. Balangia. McRib's a terrible, gross, strange sandwich, and I think you know it. Elizabeth Vogel perhaps put it best, saying, Silver lining, not having to hang out with family on Christmas and birthdays. Yeah, don't all of you act like it's so hard not having to see your families. Most of you hate seeing your families for the holidays. Well, now you're all good. You got your way in and out. So perfect. Oh, one last plug. A bunch of brand new Glebe gear in the brand new store at benglebe.com. Some cool Mad Ones gear, some podcast stuff. Check it out at benglebe.com. Then click on the picture of the, of, the, of the clothes type stuff, you know? And on that note, it is time for the Thunder Round. We all know you can't hear lightning, and that's why this is named what it is, because this is a podcast. I don't know if you're aware. German pilot makes syringe in the sky to mark the COVID-19 vaccine campaign. HuffPo reports Sammy Kramer traced a giant syringe firing 200 kilometers to remind people about the start of COVID-19. Only realizing, I guess, at the end of this very long, detailed flight, he wasn't in one of those skywriting planes. I mean, literally, the plane only... It made a syringe if you happen to work at the air traffic control area or on, on a website that tracks plane movements. Way to really do a pointless thing. Rats besiege New York Chipotle, attacking staff and eating avocados. The location had to close. Here's the thing. With Chipotles, it's only a matter of time till this happens to all of them. We know that. Rats are on the way in. Chipotle barely survived the E. coli crisis. And by the way, please don't forget, you can't spell Chipotle without E. coli. And they sponsor us, as always. I don't know why they don't drop the sponsorship. Florida woman calls the police on the police for trying to pull her over. That was an incredible move. She claimed she was going 20 
In a 55, um, she was going 110. 110 degrees. I mean, miles per hour. She called and said, they have guns and they have cars. They're trying to pull me over. Dispatcher then explaining, yes, that's how the police works. They have guns and cars, and you're going 110 in a 55. She was pulled over and arrested, but quite a move. Calling the cops on the cops? Has that ever even been done before? A team of golden retrievers and Labradors at the Santiago Chile airport are trained to sit when they smell the COVID virus, and then they get a treat. That treat apparently is a fresh case of coronavirus. Louis Vuitton released a $961 face shield. The shield is composed of an elastic monogrammed strap that goes around the wearer's head, making clear to everybody how much of a fucking moron they are with no value of money or ability to prioritize what to spend on during a pandemic when people are trying to kind of, you know, hoard stuff and resources are scarce. It, of course, has the Louis Vuitton logo engraved on the fucking moron's head with their signature monogram print. It can also be flipped upwards to be worn as a peaked hat, showing people that you're not only an asshole, but you're a bad-looking asshole as well. And bad not in the good way, but in the shitty way, like you're a dumb, dumb, dumb fuck who doesn't know what money is or how to use it properly. Mysterious gingerbread monolith appears in San Francisco. A lot of monoliths appearing around the world. But a seven-foot-tall gingerbread one appeared in a San Francisco park. It's not clear how edible the structure is. But witnesses report the texture and smell appears to be real gingerbread. Of course, there was frosting on it. Don't get ahead of yourself. It appeared early Christmas Day on a hilltop in Corona Heights overlooking the Castro neighborhood. The resident, Ananda Sharma, told KQED Public Radio he went for a run early Friday and spotted what he initially thought was a big post. As he ran closer, he could smell the gingerbread. Well, the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department General Manager Phil Ginsburg responded, and I quote, Wow, even makes a Jewish parks director smile. Looks like a great spot to get baked. We'll leave it up until the cookie crumbles. Now that is what we need right now. He agrees. He went on to say, we all deserve a little bit of magic right now. You're damn right we do. I'd prefer personally if the magic was lower in carbs. But gingerbread cookies are delicious. I realize now I haven't had one this whole season. Carbs be damned, I want one. I'd like one right now. I wish there was more bread news to share with you in this thunder round. There is King's Hawaiian Rolls Not Made in Hawaii class action lawsuit claims. On the package in the front even says Hilo Hawaii, but apparently it's made in Torrance, California. Not cool. I didn't know this. But also, I give them a pass because Hawaiian rolls are the tastiest fucking rolls in the world. I'm known at my birthday parties to put some Hawaiian rolls in the oven for a few seconds or in the microwave and then bring around to people warm Hawaiian rolls. It's a delicious roll. It deserves to be left alone. Leave Hawaiian roll alone. And lastly, Russian cat gets cabinet post. A cat that was rescued from a central Russian waste processing plant has been named an assistant to the regional environmental minister. Immediately, Trump said he trusts it more than our own intelligence agencies. Can you believe it? 
<laughs> Two last things I'd like to say. I want to dedicate this episode to my friend Larry Barron, who sadly passed away a few days ago, suddenly. One of the creators and executive producers of Idiot Test, my game show, show that changed my life. He fought for four years to get it made, along with the other producers and creators. And Larry, when he saw what I was doing hosting the show, he thought it was pretty good, I guess, or unique, and he invited William Morris out to see me and tried to convince them to sign me as a client. And they did because of Larry Barron. Larry is also one of the producers of The Amazing Race. He was a network executive for many years. And then when the test ended, he'd always call me with great uh, ratings reports about the show too, always so positive, always so complimentary, always made you feel like you were being seen the way that you wish you'd be seen by the world. Larry saw you that way. And when the show ended... He wanted to create another show with me, and together with our friend John Schneider, we began creating a scripted show called Calling Bill Murray. That's my favorite thing I ever wrote to this day, and I developed the whole storyline and the, the the Bible of the show, the season breakdowns, episode breakdowns with Larry and John closely. We worked together so closely for so long. And this year had to give us another shitty moment. So this is dedicated to him. I want to do better next year as an, in honor of him. In honor of everybody we've lost. Which takes me to the last thing I wanted to say. We're all stronger now. If we were able to survive this, we are stronger now. This year threw everything at us it could possibly muster. And we said, fuck you year, I'm going to do it anyway. I can battle and overcome whatever you throw at me. And all of you can too. If you're listening to this, you made it. I mean, there's one day left in the year, but still. You made it. And it's a symbol, a very important symbol, that in the midst of evil forces trying to literally bring our structures down, our government down, our democracy down, our environment down, trying to take us back into the past, into a time where we are more divided, more angry, more hateful towards each other, we can still make progress. We can still sprinkle the shittiest year in all of our lives with lots of good stuff to keep us going. Glimmers of hope and glances at a world that can be different and, and different because we are creating it to be so. Because we won't accept shit for an answer. Because we will always be able, with enough ingenuity and positivity and l some luck, but more than anything, resilience, the determination to not let bad news define us, can transcend that shit. And eventually, it's over, and eventually, you get a brand new path ahead of you. Or you can start running again. Or if you're like me, slowly walking while complaining about your back. But you can move forward. So that's what we're going to do. We're moving forward into a new year. Fuck you, 2020. You're done, son. You're out. We're with 2021 now. And she looks better on us. 
Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Last Week on Earth.